Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mind Set Matters podcast. Stephanie, hello. Hey, Anne. Okay, so we're going to open this podcast. There's two or three things that we want to talk about. Number one, this is episode 100. 100 episodes that we have done. It's almost two years. It's four episodes less two years, but hundreds of round number. So good for you. Let's celebrate that. Congratulations, babe. <laughs> I know, right? A hundred episodes. Good job. And, uh, you know, the reason we do this is because we still continue to get great listens, great uploads, and the numbers are actually sub- sometimes surprisingly big. And uh, we're really proud of that and happy about that. So we keep doing it. And that's what we got to say about that. What else? You know, this week was really big. We uh, launched our other shift program, our coaching program, and uh, kicked that off for September. And that will run through into the new year. So we're excited about that. And an interesting uh, outcome of that was that it was not intended to be this way, but we ended up with a group of men, which I thought was really cool, to the point that women had actually registered, but then had to unregister for different reasons, and we ended up with a group of men. So now it's a, it's a men's group, so that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. Well, don't step over that, because you know a while back, you had set an intention that you're ready to create an environment for a men's executive group where you can have conversations with men that have that maybe aren't happening out in the real world you know, things with regarding relationship or regarding vulnerability or regarding what you're operating on top of when it comes to business and life, et cetera. And I'm super excited. I mean, I still be a part of it, but I think it's going to be really fun to have a men's group on shift. I think it's time. I do too. And I think it's going to be a great space. I think there's just a place where men need to be, you know, they need a place to be able to show up and have conversations that they can't have. You know, often I'm having uh, I've had conversations, especially over the past couple of years with men, and we have real conversations. And, you know, the comment I've had on many occasions afterwards is, how the hell, where do I go and have these kinds of conversations? Because I try and have it with my circle of influence or my family, and they look like, they look at me, you know, cross-eyed, like, what are you talking about? So where do you get to have real meaningful conversation as men? And so that, this is what the space is about and how it turned out. So I'm excited about it. Look forward to doing that. And what else? Oh, Echo. Puppies. Puppies. So our Bernese Mountain Dog uh, had six amazing puppies, healthy, round, chubby little puppies. She's being an amazing mama. And uh, Rango's being an amazing dad. He's exhausted, though. Rango's exhausted. Well, different reasons for that. But (laughs) 
Um, so if anybody's in the market for a Bernese Mountain Dog puppy, they only grow up to be 100 pounds, but they're an amazing breed, uh, by the way. We love them, and we're not in the business of breeding Bernese Mountain Dogs. However, that's what happened, so here we are. And uh, anyways, we're not here to sell puppies on the podcast, but I throw it out there. You know, we got a good listener. Maybe we'll uh, get some, some takers that are interested. Okay, what else have we got to cover? The topic? Wow, so much. Well, I think what our topic tonight, and I'm going to say it because I really believe it, is super interesting. It is. <laughs> it is. Okay, you said it. Super you interesting. Have, you're the one that always says that. But to me, I, I always agree that, yes, it's interesting. But tonight, I think this is super interesting. And I think it's going to be something that might open a conversation with people in regards to their relationships, maybe business relationships, family um I think it's a skill set, not just a mindset in this regard, but I think this conversation is going to open up and give a skill that's going to be very helpful for people. Well, you know, the topic in this case is what are you operating on top of? That's the question. And it is the topic. Now, the thing about let's give a couple of examples of what are you operating on top of? And then we'll start to kind of unpack this conversation. So over the years in a couple of executive groups that I've been part of, and we used to do this within the RAIN executive, and that was we'd get into a meeting on a pretty regular basis, let's say once a month, where it was a more substantial meeting. We're going to review numbers. We're going to talk about what we're doing next. How are we doing on some of the projects we got going on, et cetera, et cetera. But we'd quickly go around the table and ask the question. So just quickly, before we get started, what are you operating on top of? Anybody operating on top of something that they want to share? Now, the reason we ask that question is that in the context of what happens in day-to-day -day life, you know, it could be, I don't know, disagreement or an argument with a significant other. Could have been a little spat with your kid. Could have been you just realized that you got to spend a bunch of money on your car. It's usually a, a speeding ticket on the way to work. Speeding ticket on the way to work. So what that is, is that in that meeting, you're busy thinking about that. You're operating on top of it. Now, it could be subconscious, by the way, but in this case, we're talking about a conscious thought that you're operating on top of. You get to the meeting and you think you're going to put it, you know, you're parking it over there. But the difference is, is that when you state it out loud, and it, it's not a discussion, by the way. Yeah, I'm operating on top of the fact that I got a speeding ticket on the way here. I'm operating on the top of the uh, on top of the fact that Stephanie and I had a bit of a blowout before I walked out the door and uh, pissed me off. So there move on, next person, you know, and it would go around the table that way. It wasn't meant as a discussion or a therapy session. It was just like, here's what I'm operating on top of. Got it, said it, now I can let it go. And that's really what it was. But it diffuses any energy or any split attention. It diffuses it. And it's not like, like to your point, you don't have to discuss it. You don't have to tell a story about it. You don't have to say, and the, and the stupid cop this and da 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 da, which means nothing. But what it does, it just says, okay, here's what's going on for me right now. Out of respect for the space that we're trying to create, I want to be fully present. Here's what I'm operating on top of. I'm not going to let it get in my way. Let's move forward. Why does that even matter? Why is that important? You know, first off, if you're aware of what you're operating on top of, then that's helpful and that you can know it and then you can be hopefully skilled enough to let it go so it doesn't get in your way of that particular meeting. In the case, for example, of your athletes, you know, when you're talking about literally competing at a world-class level or trying to just be the absolute best, you know, and 
compete at your highest level, you want to clear the space so that the only thing that you've got on your mind, the only thing that you've got happening for you is that focus of following through, technically being strong, creatively, whatever you got to do to compete at that level, which means you got to let go of anything you're operating on top of. And that's an exercise I think you still do with your athletes. I do it all the time. I also do it in certain business scenarios as well. And because what happens is that as human beings, we're, we also care about each other and we have intuition. So for example, I went through a, a couple of years with a business partner who lost both her parents, for example. And she'd come to a meeting and I could sense her stress and I could sense the things that were going on. And she would just say, you know what, here's what I'm going on. This is what's going on for me right now. Here's the appointments that we're going through. I have to work backwards from being at the Cross Cancer Institute for this and this. Nothing changed, but she just said it out loud. It took three minutes and then we went back to work. Because from me as a business partner and compassionate and loving this person, you don't want them to be operating on top of something like that and then trying to still go to work and do the business and make it happen and be professional. It just softens the space when you say it out loud. This is what I'm operating on top of. It doesn't change anything. You can't fix it. But here's what's going on for me. And now we can go to work. Well, I think there's all sorts of uses and thought processes behind it. We'll just kind of keep unpacking this a little bit, you know, in your relationship with your significant other, you know, you, you know, you may be showing up a little bit bitchy, a little bit pissy about this and that. And some they'll look at you and go, what are you pissed off about? Like, what's going on? You may, they may ask you that question. Nothing. And you go, nothing. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> okay. So the point is, is if you put the question that way, it could be, kind of come across as blaming and or confrontational as opposed to asking the question a little bit differently, which could be, you know, some you seem a little out of whack today. I don't know what it is. Are you operating on top of something? Now, what's the difference between that question and the question I asked before? Are you pissed off at me? Or the question of, I don't know, you seem out of whack. Are you, are you operating on top of something that you want to share with me? Well, listen, the first question right away assumes that I'm pissed off at you. So in other words, you're making it about you as opposed to just asking the question of what are you operating on top of? And it may absolutely have nothing to do with the other person. It may have nothing to do with them. It may be, oh, sorry, I wasn't even aware of it. You know, something, I had a shitty day and or I just as I pull in the driveway, I look and I got a flat tire or we got a flat tire. But the point is, is that it's a way to actually express and to have a conversation that doesn't, number one, put you in the center of it. It's not about you. It's about them. And asking that question just opens up a different conversation and has a different energy around it. And there's no blame, you know, and that's, I think, the what the evolution of these conversations are. When you think about the mindset of trying to evolve relationships and communication, you know, and community, et cetera, is that we don't want to put people on the defensive. So what's wrong? What's wrong? What's up with you? You know, to me, that's more aggressive instead of, are you operating on top of anything? Is there anything you want to share? It gives permission for them to say yes or no. And if they choose to say, you know what, I'm operating on top of this, this and this, and I know there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm prepared to move forward. To me, when I think about my athletes, oh, think about all the things that are going on in people's lives. I go around the circle in seven areas of lives, for example, what are you, on what are you operating on top of physically, mentally, emotionally, anything going on with your family? And usually there's something, 
something going on family-wise, relationship-wise, uh, spouse-wise. But in a conf uh, confidential conversation, they say, this is what's going on and I'm operating on top of it, but I'm going to be okay because I'm committed to what I'm doing right here, right now. But the, the fact that they had the space to say it really just diffuses that stress and, and actually takes any kind of blame or shame or, or lack of responsibility right away. And they can deal with it later. Maybe it's a speeding ticket. They're going to have to deal with it anyway, but they're pissed about it in the moment. And I can feel that they're pissed, but I don't know if they're pissed at me or they're pissed at, you know, uh, their partner. I don't know. But until they say, you know, I got a speeding ticket and take responsibility and, you know, pissed up. It's not about you. That really, to me, is what diffuses energy and moves that professionalism forward. So there's a part of this that, you know, first off, if somebody's operating on top of something, they may not even aware, be aware of how they're showing up. In other words, often what happens is if we're operating on top of something, we don't necessarily know that we're being curt and abrupt. Maybe we're being aloof. Maybe we're just being a little bitchy. Maybe we're not being as communicative. Our body language is shut down. There's all sorts of things that can show a sign of, you know, us operating or somebody operating on top of something. The thing about it is that the, you know, those individuals who want to evolve start to take a look and say, okay, well, how am I occurring? And yeah, I am actually operating on top of something, you know, and it could be that you're in the same room having to deal with somebody that you've worked with for a number of years that keeps doing certain things or that, you know, you feel did something, you know, worked you over, did something, said something to the boss, said something in a group of people, whatever, you have a charge around it and you're operating on top of it. And sometimes the thing that has to happen is that needs to get expressed and said out loud, you know, it's the, it's the story of the, you know, the, the old story of used to be, you know, the husband comes home and kicks the dog and it's got nothing to do with the dog. You know, it happened at work. It was something that his significant other in his world did the day before and it all, you know, boils up. And the next thing you know, there's a bit of an explosion, right? So what is the issue? And, and are you aware that you're operating on top of something? So real life stuff, you and I, you're way more creative. You're way, you kind of are way more esoteric in kind of how you operate on a day to day. And sometimes for me, that could be really annoying because I'm more pragmatic. I want to get shit done. Don't get in my way. And I'm just going to work through it. And you're kind of like a little bit more loose around that kind of stuff. Not that you don't get things done, but you do it different. And so you have that way of doing things that can sometimes piss me off, but I know that I'm operating on top of it. Now, I'm either going to say something to you about it or you'll mention it to me. Yeah. So use a recent example. It happens a lot where you and I will be socializing, for example, and I'm not as social as you, but when I am with people, I really want to connect. I want to have a, a, a deep connection. I want to have a great relationship, conversation, etc. So for example, the other night, we had some people over and it was a great conversation, but I also knew that you had a 5 a.m. wake up call because you were speaking in Eastern time that day. So I was trying to be respectful of that. But then we got into a great conversation and then you were getting a little pissy. Well, no, I, sense I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I just got quiet. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to engage in the conversation because I knew that right. it would go till midnight and I had to be at five up at five. But you didn't No, No, think about it. It's not that you didn't engage in the conversation. You pulled out. So 
I knew something was off. So instead of you saying, I'm going to go, good night, everybody. I'm going to bed. You pulled out. You, you separated yourself from the conversation. I felt it. I felt like crap. And eventually you were brilliant and hugged everybody and said good night because these are wonderful people and good friends. Went upstairs. And then after they left, I came upstairs and I said, what's up? Are you making me pay for something? Like, I don't get it. Why are you being such a dick? <laughs> and I wasn't being a dick. But anyway, You kind of were. Okay, but... You kind of were. But what I realized... Okay, go ahead. No, but that's a, a perfect example of operating on top of something. So yes, um, in the moment, it was like, okay, I got to get to bed. It was a bit annoying and you had extended the conversation. So that's the way it worked out. But that's an example. Those are little things that well, happen. No, finish. Finish. How did we finish it? It wasn't just that. I went upstairs. I asked you, are you pissed at me or are you making me pay? And you said, no, I'm operating on top of the fact that I have to get up at 5 a.m. for a 6 a.m. speaking gig because I'm on Eastern time and you extended the conversation. I went, got it. I'm sorry. Thank you. But we finished it because I could feel you were operating on top of something. And I don't want to go to bed mad or confused as to why you were all grumpy and pissy when, you know, we, I thought we were having a great night. I knew I was giving you full permission to leave and to go upstairs and go to bed. These are grown up people. They're not expecting, you know, to be, you know, to be super formal and have you walk them out the door. But I felt it. And I think what we did in that moment is we used our coaching. And you said to me, I'm operating on top of the fact that I was tired and you extended the conversation. And I got to say, ah, you're right. I'm sorry. And I'll probably keep doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, you will. Sorry, I know babe. that. So the thing about this and what you're operating on top of is that you first have to realize that you are and then identify it. It's helpful to express it or just really realize that's what's happening. And just even knowing that you are could, in fact, shift the energy around it. Now, the next kind of part of this is that sometimes the situations are really awkward. And maybe what you're operating on top of is you're going to a meeting, there's two, three, four people, somebody in the room is, uh, you know, they pissed you off somewhere, they did something that was out of line, didn't work, was uh, sideways, you know, they, they did something that just is not good for you. And so you're not communicating clearly, you're being curt and abrupt, you have an attitude around it, energetically you're shut down, any one of those scenarios. So the question then is, you know, how do we deal with that? And there's a opportunity to get what we would call get flat with somebody, which is to say, you know, there's something on the table here, you know, and I can't have a conversation with you because all I can think about is the fact that you did X, Y, Z. And so it's hard for me to have a communication with you because, you know, trust is broken down and or I can't and I don't believe what you're telling me. And, you know, there could be a whole story around it. And so how do we deal with those scenarios and without making it confrontational? And that's the challenge that people face. They don't want to have those tough conversations because it comes across as being confrontational and nobody, including me, likes confrontation. So there's a little bit of language that I'll share that I think will be valuable to anybody that's got to get into those uncomfortable conversations. And that is to open with a exact statement. 
So let's say, Stephanie, I don't know you as well. You're not my wife. And we're, you know, I'm, you're a workmate. You're a friend. You're a neighbor. You're somebody that I've done business with, I've worked with. Something you did or said pissed me off or had consequences. Now, I want to approach that, and there's a couple different ways to do it. One of my favorites and works really well is to say, you know, Stephanie, I got to have a really uncomfortable conversation with you, and I don't want to have it because I am uncomfortable with it, but I also realize that it's affecting how I'm communicating with you. So are you okay if I have this conversation? And I will say yes. Mostly people will say yes. because what if I you say no? <laughs> okay, well, maybe we can do it next time. You know, it won't take long. Do you want to wait till later? Got it. Yeah. So let's say I said yes. And then I would go into the conversation. It would be just that way. You know, last week when you did this or you said that or, you know, that last project, whatever it might be. The thing is, is it's way different than how do you say to somebody without being really confrontational? And you may want to be confrontational, by the way. That's not beyond the scope of how some people want to approach it, but it's not how most want to approach it. And, you know, that so just looking at it for what it is. And just saying it that way, you know, Stephanie, I had a really uncomfortable conversation. At least it's comfortable for me. And, but I need to get and have the conversation so that we can just get flat around some stuff. Are you okay if I do that? It takes that? a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts to say that out loud and, and uh, be at risk of the person saying, no, I think you're wrong. You're, you're, you're an asshole. That's not what I said at all. Right. And then I'm going to give you another line. But the thing is, is that's way different than number one, not having the conversation, or number two, having an outburst going, you know, you really pissed me off. You're an asshole. Like, it, there's, I'm sure there's some middle ground in between that, but ultimately what I'm offering here is for those individuals who are those people who are, I don't say anything. I don't want to say anything. You know, it's, it's just too uncomfortable. I don't want to piss them off. I don't want to have a confrontation. That's just some language to have. And it works. Yeah, it does. And, you know, in my, my experience, I... I I have no problem with confrontation. I also know that in the moment, I can come across as aggressive and confrontational if I really believe in something. And I have to be mindful that it doesn't land as confrontation or aggression with the other person. But sometimes I get fired up and I like having that excitement and that confrontation because I feel like it can work things out in a way that couldn't happen a different way. And I like to have it clear in the moment. And I think you're more pragmatic and much more diplomatic and a much nicer person than me. You know, if my friend George said to me, you know, I remember talking to him at one point and he was saying, how is it that you can get these things happen as a woman in hockey and all these kind of stuff? And I said, George, it's because I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> and he goes, true. well, yes, you are. I go, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm kind and I'm honest and I'm truthful. I said, but I'm not nice. If I have a, a, something I need to say, I would rather say it in the moment. I would rather not operate on top of something and be prepared to be wrong and to be willing to be misunderstood and have, in some ways, the conversation to end and walk away and be complete in that regard than operating on top of something for a month or a year going forward. That's that's just how I do it. Well, I, well, I, th I get it. And I think that I don't disagree with that. But if you're depending on where you are and what kind of team you're on. I mean, I look at how 
we operate as a couple, but how we operate within our own teams. And we're pretty direct. Nobody takes shit personally, but that's not normal. I mean, we've worked for years to develop that kind of team. We set that context when we add people to the team. It's you're set up for that, but that's not the norm. When you're working with a high performance team, you don't have time for a bunch of niceties and you can be direct because nobody's taking shit personally. And it can get really kind of feeling like everybody's agitated because everybody's fired up about something, but you know, that's, it's from a high performance point of view, but that's not the norm. Yeah. But you're still working towards the same thing. I guess if we, if we circle back to what you're operating on top of the high level conversation is think about the four agreements. If you've already got the four agreements in place and you're still operating on top of something and you have the space to say, I'm operating on top of, you know, my dad's dying right now and I'm still going to do a great job. I may have to ask for a little bit of of grace when it comes to maybe booking appointments or maybe I'm going to be late or something, but here's what I'm operating on top of. But it gives the space, the respect to understand is that you're just not showing up late or you're just not being angry or sad for no reason. You're not being irresponsible. You're, you've got other stuff going on that in your life right now is a bit of a priority and it will be a distraction at times. So you just state it out loud then everybody knows what's going on. That changes the whole dynamic of things that, and it changes the story that other people might be telling themselves about you. You know, it makes so much sense. And when you think about this is a skill, a high level skill when it comes to communication in a team, also in a relationship and how many times you and I have used this it's similar to the Brene Brown is the story I'm telling myself, that quote, the story I'm telling myself. The other one that I use with my clients a lot well, of hold times. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give a context. Like the story I'm telling myself is so good, you know, that yeah. statement. So can you give an example of it? Well, relating it to what I'm operating on top of. So for example, none of us are mind readers. I think I am. I'm a little psychic or, or psycho actually is what you say, but a lot of times we tell ourselves stories about what we think the other person is thinking or what they're going to do or say about us. When the truth is, it has nothing to do with that. But the story that I'm telling myself, I can be a victim, I can be a hero, I can be whatever. But if I don't get it out of my head and actually say, here's what I'm operating on top of, here's the story I'm telling myself, is this even true for you? Again, it's another high level conversation tool that we learned through reading the Brene Brown work. So that's a, you know, the story I'm telling myself is a, I use that one, I don't know, I didn't say often, but I, I go to that one and I'll give you a great example. You know, somebody who walks in the door late on a regular basis and you call them out on it. You go, dude, or dudette, you're late again. And they're going, yeah, well, I had to da da da, and I then had to get there and then I had to stop for a coffee or, you know, whatever, you know, there, there's an, there's a, a, an excuse that's happening in there. And I will look at them and I'll go, oh, okay, got it. Because here's the thing, the story I'm telling myself is you really don't care about this project and you don't care about the fact that you, you show up on time me. and compromise my, or don't put value on my time. That's the story I'm telling myself. So is that true or is it just a story? It really is a way to shine a light on and not blame them. Go, oh, that's the story I'm telling myself. And it's based on what I'm seeing. And then they can come back and go, no, that's not the case. I won't be late again. Sorry. It, it seems that these things are happening. So it's a way to just take the edge off a tough conversation. Love that. 
The next one that I use with my athletes a lot is, what are you making that mean? So for example, there's a scenario. You react a certain way, I react a certain way, or there's something outside of us. And we're looking at the same story, we're looking at the same situation, but we interpret it two different ways. And then we come back to have a communication or a conversation about it. And we're like butting heads. And what I've learned to say and what I've worked with my clients on is when something like that happens, identify what you're making that mean. So the question I ask is, what am I making that scenario? What am I making it mean? What's the story I'm telling myself? What am I operating on top of? And all of these things start to understand or start to unwind to the point where I can take responsibility for what I'm feeling, what my scenario is, what I'm going through, and then I don't have to project all of that stuff on other people. So those three things, what are we operating on top of? What is the story I'm telling myself? And what am I making this mean? Now, these are, uh, you know, I think what you said was really, uh, you used a word there that I think is really important, which is, what am I projecting as a result of any of the answers to those three questions, right? What, how am I projecting? What am I projecting out because of that? Is, is, did I hear that right? That's how I yeah, took totally. it. Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Because honestly, 90% of the time, I'm wrong. And that's the other thing is that the question I ask myself when I'm in a charge or I'm trying to figure something out or I'm in a victim mentality, it's like, what if I'm wrong? That's the last one I ask myself is, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Good question. Because when we're projecting something onto another person, we're usually in the victim mentality. And we've had podcasts before. We've talked about you know different ways of being, whether it's the hero, the victim, a growth mindset, a victim mindset, et cetera, is that as we move through mindset and how much mindset matters is that we can decide if we're going to be a victim. And being a victim means that we are going to always be in a place of a victimhood or shame or guilt. But if we're going to move through it and understand that we are in charge of our mindset and we ask ourselves these questions, what am I operating on top of? What am I making this mean? And the other one is how am I responsible? Where am I responsible for what's going on right now? So those types of things, when it comes to moving through and how quickly you and I, for example, can get through issues, even if we're fired up, because you know, I get you're fired up, Francie, when it comes to certain things. I'm fired up, Francie, when it comes to certain things. But if we're moving through it and we're committed to the same thing, we have the understanding that maybe we're misinterpreting that projection. The first step in all of this is having the awareness, number one, that you are operating on top of something. And if you are considering how you can get flat with that other person or other people and how you can express it in a way that doesn't turn it into a blowout and it it doesn't have to feel or be confrontational, it can be very diplomatic, but confront the issue and without having a big negative charge around it. And again, it's always about bringing the subconscious into the conscious, being aware of what you're thinking. And that is the first step in having a great mindset. And Stephanie, I think we've covered it. Anything you want to add? Well, the last thing is, is I look at our relationship and we're 30 some years in and I look at the relationships around me and the relationships and the friendships and how hard it is. And a lot of the difficulty in relationship is the fact that we don't have the tools. 
and we don't have skills like this and we don't have the frame around how to communicate and work through those things. And next thing you know, you're 55 years old and having an affair and buying a Corvette and you walk away from something that maybe you didn't have to because you're operating on top of things from 20 years ago. And what if these are simple tools from a mindset matters set standpoint that you can use now and today in relationship, whether it's business, personal, familial, in any area of life, is that what if these three or four things can shift the trajectory of how you communicate? Like to me, this is life-changing. You know, I think you'd have left me like 20 years ago had we not learned this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. No, I right? don't think so. Okay, well, that's a good, I think when you said that, I think the one of the next podcast we got to do, one of the next ones we have to do is on stories, living in the past. What are the stories we're telling ourselves about the past and why do we stay stuck in the past? I don't. Yeah, what's but... the mindset around that? What's the mindset around living in the past? I'm just going to give a little hint. Ready? Self-preservation. Self-preservation? Yep. That's the hook for people to make sure they listen to the next one. Now I want to, now I really want to listen to it. <laughs> I want to listen to you. Okay. <laughs> Let's call this one a wrap. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.